0: Welcome to Northgate's podcast. We pray you enjoy the teaching of God's Word. May the Holy Spirit encourage, exhort, and comfort you. We invite you to come and see what the Lord is doing at Northgate. Come and grow with us. May you be blessed by the God of hope. If you're married, raise your hand. Oh, okay. So we're dealing with a good portion of the audience. That is good. So if you're not married, raise your hand. Don't leave. Okay? We're going to try in every principle we share to have a bigger takeaway for those who are not married. So how we're going to do this is we're going to take a scripture from the wisdom literature, bring forth a principle for marriage, tell a little story, the stories are good. And then have the bigger takeaway for all of us in regards to how we can live this out. Now we know there's unmarried, but there are those who are just about to get married. Yay! Yeah, I'm excited for my daughter and soon-to-be son-in-law. And we know there's been here probably people, come on. Anyone been married over 50 years here? Yes, sirree. So that back row is hopping today. Yes, sirree. So anything that we miss, you're welcome to go see them at any time. And they will let you know uh, about marriage. So we're excited to do this. So really, we're talking about this. Uh, the lessons probably... Might be a little different than you're used to. We're not going to tell you, oh, do this, do that. Um, these are things we've learned, too, in the last five years, particularly that have become very real to us and, I would say, changed our marriage. I think the statistics we'll get into, you know, marriage from years like 15 to 20, that's... Statistics tell us when things go awry. So we've learned some big lessons, and we want to tell you right off the bat, man, we are not perfect. Like, we're speaking from our failure, okay? And we hope that you won't, or maybe you have, you'd be like, oh yeah, I was right there with you. We want you to grow uh, in ways we've grown through having to learn the hard way. We don't want this to be okay here. And Dan and Amy think they have the perv. We do not. And uh, good thing you don't live in our house. So <laughs> we want to get started, and we'll have four principles and work through them through the wisdom literature. Mm-hmm. And Amy will start us off. Yeah. Well,
1: so the first uh, book of the Bible. Oh. <laughs> yes. Uh, so the first book of the Bible we're uh, going to is the book of Ecclesiastes. So um, you don't have to open your Bible, but if you do, Chapter 2. Um, book of Ecclesiastes, uh, yeah, the first words that the author, Solomon, shares with us are pretty pitiful. Um, everything is meaningless, completely meaningless. Uh, it makes you want to keep reading really. But um, over 50 times the word meaningless or vanity is used to describe life by the author Solomon. And Solomon, as we know, was the one who was gifted with wisdom from the Holy Spirit in the Old Testament, and he was the wisest man to live. And still he was miserable in his own words, the greater my wisdom, the greater my grief. So the point is nothing in life, Solomon says, nothing in life brings continual joy. Uh, and including marriage. So, though Solomon himself said that two are better than one, uh, he is clear to point out that if you're looking for meaning in these things, and if you read the book of Ecclesiastes, he touches on work, education, wealth, pleasure, and even marriage, uh, you will not find it. Marriage is a gift from God, but it will not satisfy the deepest part of our lives um, because the giver does. We worship the giver, not the gift. And Dan put this point in and I hadn't thought about it, but maybe that's why there's no marriage in heaven. It's not necessary. We are with the giver in uh, in person and we don't need marriage in heaven. This is nothing new in scripture. The Psalms uh, speak about uh, how God satisfies the deepest parts of us all through the Psalms. And then Jesus, God in the flesh came and the people that he encountered, he met their deepest needs, not just their physical, but their emotional, their spiritual, every need. He he touched them. And so we can see throughout the Bible that only God can satisfy.
0: You're thinking, what a way to start about marriage. <laughs> it, it won't bring you joy continually. Yeah, of course it does bring joy. But I think the greater principle we're trying to get at, if you believe in any way your marriage is supposed to meet your deepest needs, only Christ is the answer. Come on, give me an amen. Because there's a lot of problem when you put expectation on your mate to meet your deepest needs. It's not happening. And it creates great turmoil and conflict. And the reality is, the more we understand that Christ is the answer, the more fulfilling marriage we will have. And we know that's true. And this truth creates amazing partnership for the kingdom of God as we work together. And really, really important, your partner is not meant to satisfy those deepest points. Your identity only can come in Christ. A little bit of a story. Years ago, maybe someone was watching our marriage and they gave us a free ticket to a marriage conference. I don't know how long ago, we were trying to figure it out, somewhere between this five and ten year, and I remember driving. It was a Friday, Saturday night thing. And Amy said, are you excited? And I said, no. No. Just another marriage conference. I can tell you what they're going to say anyways. And I said, maybe I'll get some new tools for my toolbox. So when I help marriages, that was my attitude going in. Little did I know the speaker's first line was, I'm sure most of you here are getting tools to help other marriages. Talk about the conviction of the Holy Spirit Amy I'm sure looked at me and was thinking ha 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 as we carried on in that marriage conference it was one that I had never been before because most marriage conferences okay we'll work on communication you know intimacy raising children all those things That can cause conflict. But in this marriage conference, I'll never forget, it was how we take our baggage into marriage. And if we don't deal with our baggage personally with Christ, we are looking for disaster. And I'll never forget the picture. I don't know if anybody's going to mention it. It was like this guy. It was cartoons. It was Grant Mullen, and he goes to Soli, but... There's this huge pack and he had this rope and he was carrying this huge burden and and the lady had it too and they're heading into marriage. We're different people. But the problem is when those things in how we deal with our own issues, if we're not going to Christ, will cause us to behave in certain ways that will cause tremendous conflict in our marriage that make sense? So we have to deal with Christ. And there's so many different ways we probably could say that, but I think you understand. If if I'm struggling with something, it'll cause a behavior in my life that will affect my wife. And oftentimes we're like, stop doing that. Stop doing that. When that's not the issue, it's the root of the issue that only can be dealt with by Jesus Christ, the power of the Holy Spirit, meeting me to know who I truly am in Him. So a lot of the conflict in marriage, we don't ever deal with the root because we're just so angry with the fruit of the root that is hurting us. So our encouragement is think a little deeper with the Holy Spirit, with somebody, to why am I doing this? Look at yourself, not your partner. So you can deal with the root, the baggage, to be free to live together. Amen?
1: Yeah, so just continuing at that marriage conference. It was a Friday night, and then we had to go back Saturday morning. Um, And uh, so Friday night going home, we were just talking about, like, whoa, we were a little... um, blindsided by what the topic was. I mean, we knew the topic, but anyway, yeah, how he approached it. So we left the first night, and I, a little testimony of my, my own, I decided to ask God to show me the baggage that I was carrying. Um, so it didn't come to me right away, but over the next few months, um, God began to show me uh, through, like I just kept asking him in prayer and just asking him to heal me. And uh, I got a picture of an incident from my childhood that I don't remember at all, like it wasn't uh, anything traumatic. It was a fairly normal thing. But in that memory, there was a deep feeling of rejection. And so, um, yeah, God began to show me that this feeling of rejection was what was affecting my relationship with my husband and those closest with me. And so uh yeah slowly God revealed truth to me and he began to heal that pain. It, again it wasn't instantaneous. It took a long time, but he began to heal that pain of uh rejection and then when I now when I when I face it, like now when I'm uh uh when I feel that way, I know where to go. I know to go to go back to Jesus and the truth that he is, has revealed to me. And now I'm aware that when that lie sneaks in, I again can go back to the truth and I can be free. I don't have to fall into the same patterns of behavior that was affecting my family and affecting our relationship. And, uh, yeah. So again, that's just my own testimony of the Holy Spirit, uh, revealing truth to me or revealing a lie to me that I, that needed his truth applied to it. And then just healing the pain that I, I felt in that moment. And then just now I can go back to the truth and say, no, that's uh, not where I am anymore. And I don't have to be fearful anymore. I'm free.
0: So the bigger t- takeaway. Yes, it's for everybody. We all got baggage. You do. And you might think, well, I don't, but you do. But John 8:31 and 32, if you abide in my word, and you are truly my disciples, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. little plug for set free, (laughs) October, is that we need to look deeper through the Holy Spirit, through God's Word, to deal with our hearts, to be free in all our relationships. And our behavior is so much more. But God... Jesus has come to set us free. Amen? And under the sun, meaningless. With him above the sun, power, meaning, truth. Amen.
1: Yeah, so number two, uh changing switching gears from Ecclesiastes and the meaninglessness of it um, all of life to Song of Songs. Uh or Solomon, also penned by Solomon. It's interesting that he wrote both of these books. But Chapter 2 of Song of Solomon uh, is a conversation that occurs between a young man and a young woman. Um, You may or may have not read it, but uh, they have this conversation back and forth. It's quite an intimate conversation.
0: Yeah, if you're under 12, don't read it, please. (laughs) Just kidding.
1: Yes, but um, then partway through, uh, there's a group of women also in the Song of Songs, uh, the women of the Shulamite women, or I'm not sure what they're called. But this group of women, uh, young women, interject, and they exhort the young couple uh, in their conversation to catch all the foxes. This is Song of Songs uh, 215. Catch all the foxes, those little foxes, before they ruin the vineyard of love, for the grapevines are blossoming. So as a gardener, of course, I wanted to go look, what do foxes do in vineyards? Um, So I Googled it and i had to look it up and they it apparently foxes especially in this uh part of the world they will enter the vineyard and they'll eat the early shoots blossom and all so it makes the vine completely fruitless um they're pesky and so grape growers will catch them and dispose of the foxes that was just part of their culture um so that's what solomon was speaking or these young women were speaking to uh, so this is a word of warning to us in our relationships and marriage particular. Every day, there's little things that creep into that relationship that can spoil it and make it unfruitful. So we have to be on guard and aware.
0: So the principle you want to get practical. <laughs> marriage takes continual work. Come on, give me an amen. (laughs) Like it takes strengthening, it takes work, and watching out for the little things over the course of time because they become big things. Do you know that? And resentments lay in our heart, or if we're not emotionally connecting, then we actually don't even want to after a while. It's too much work. And we say, well, you know what? I don't want to talk about how I feel or what's going on. You cannot have an intimate relationship if you do not share what you're thinking or what you feel. Hello? It's impossible. But the reality of this, it takes time and effort. It sometimes makes us uncomfortable. Sometimes it happens more freely. But I will tell you, if you want a strong marriage, you need to work to continually communicate on these foundational things a little bit of a story with this uh i don't know how many have been through the alpha program but they also have a program for marriages and there's a book connected uh, called um, strengthening your marriage or the marriage book i think it's pretty simple title but i got it on my phone and i started reading it and i was amazed because the beginning chapters One of the things they talk about is the honeymoon phase is going to wear off, like long-term two years, but not even usually that long. And then life just simply happens. Usually kids come along, work, challenges, getting ahead in this life, personal hobbies, sports, whatever it is. You throw it in, whatever someone likes. And the reality is this time frame of the 10-year mark becomes very difficult because a lot of drifting has happened because things have come up and we haven't worked at communicating not just how the weather is or what we have to do, but how we really are feeling or thinking however you want to put it to your personality, if we're not doing those things, we naturally will drift in the busyness of life. And when it comes time to work at it, we don't know the other person. That's, (laughs) you're all looking at me like I'm crazy. I'm not crazy. You have to work. And what, what does that mean? That means, I don't know, if you're a scheduled person, schedule it in. If that's how you work, whether it's time every day that we're going to have this time every day or every week or if you have a little bit more or, or vacations just every year or something where it's just you and your spouse where you're not just going to see things or not just going for the pleasure part of things but going to communicate of where you really are. We're different people. Do you know that? Like, you are different than your spouse, and even if you're not married, you're different than other people. And one of the things, even back to the baggage, but taking it a step further, each of us has a different personality. Amy and I are very different. And we can't expect each other to be alike, but we have to work to communicate. We have to work to understand one another. And we have to deal with the little things Because when a crisis comes, if we haven't, we're not on the same page. And by the way, just very traumatic events, whether it's a handicapped child or it's a death of a child or a death of someone, the divorce rate, I don't know if you know this, skyrockets. Like I know a friend who has a very handicapped child and it goes from 50 percent, he told me, to 90 percent in crisis if you haven't worked in private continually you will be challenged but the good news is with christ working together we can create solid foundations amen that little word of karma, go get them
1: I was just thinking of Song of Songs chapter two, and just they were maybe the reality check that this in love couple needed, um, at the time. Just a reminder. But yes, um, this, this can happen in our relationship with God. Same thing. Uh, we can take, like I take my spouse for granted sometimes. We can take God for granted that, uh, that, yeah, we, we don't, it's not that we doubt his character or that he loves us unconditionally but that we can drift away from him. And so in the big picture, uh, we need to be on guard in our relationship with God. Uh, we can quickly let the cares of life spoil our love relationship with him. And that's what we were created for, a love relationship with God. We need to communicate with God all throughout the day and our thoughts, but we also need time apart with him. And we need to work at our relationship with God. It takes time, it takes effort, just like it does in marriage and friendships and everything else. Um, if we don't do this, and this is just my testimony, if I don't do this and I take God for granted in my life, I can quickly become self-sufficient and do everything because I'm, I can do it. And, uh, and fruit, but my, my life becomes fruitless. Because it's I, I can't produce fruit. <laughs> no matter how hard I try, no matter how much effort I put into uh following God or loving people, I cannot produce fruit. Uh only God can. So that is uh yeah, that's the bigger picture of of our um consistently working on our relationship with God and not taking him for granted.
0: Now nobody should leave saying didn't apply to us, because that applies to all of us. Amen. Okay, number three. Back to the Song of Songs, Song of Solomon. Yeah, it's kind of interesting to read, but boy, don't they seem to appreciate each other? Oh, my goodness. Um, but it's interesting, if you look at the woman in the beginning in chapter one, she doesn't appreciate herself. She says, I'm dark. My brothers made me stay out in the field. Well, too bad she didn't live in our generation because having a tan is in, right? (laughs) But back then, probably not. But she didn't think of herself or appreciate herself. But I love the husband who appreciates her. And she certainly does him as well. It's really interesting, even in Proverbs chapter 31, and we always say there's no woman like that. It's impossible. But one of the lines in there, it says, her husband praises her. The husband's like, why are you staying up? He's not saying, like, why are you staying up so late? Why are you working so much? He he praises her. And interesting, in Song of Songs 2.14, it says, my dove is behind the rocks, behind the outcrop on the cliff. Let me see your face. Let me hear your voice. For your voice is pleasant and your face is lovely. This is really important. We're not called to see the negative in people, especially our spouse, but to see what they do well. Hello.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Dan uh, shared the principle of of this scripture is not uh, the fact that, yeah, we are to praise our spouse, praise and build up our spouse. Don't try to change your spouse to meet your expectations. We often go into marriage with uh, dreams and expectations of what it'll look like, what it'll be. Um, and uh, yeah, it's not bad to have those things. But remember, num- point number one. Only Christ will completely satisfy you. We are called to love and appreciate who they are and how God made them. Warts and all. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it's, we, cause I, I don't see my own warts half the time, right? Like, so, um, if we, if we go in with that mentality, and this is the principle that we are called to encourage their giftings, build them up in word, which is in Song of Songs. If you read it, they're always building each other up. And then also in action. Um, be their cheerleader, not their coach was what came to my mind because often I wanted to coach Dan. I wanted to mold him into what? To I victory. <laughs> to victory, yes, but yeah. but I needed just to encourage I need to encourage and build him up in his gifting. So that's the principle.
0: This yeah, you know we're glancing over these, but I'm thinking back these are huge things. These, like, this is big. Um, just even this spring, I can remember. And I remember, like, four or five months ago, we did something on relationships, Amy and I, on the couch. And, and I mentioned this lesson. But I remember walking in the spring, and the snow was melting. And I don't know if you've ever been like this, if you've been in marriage or any form of relationship. And, you know, thinking, I wasn't the most praising <laughs> in my mind. I was pretty darn right negative if you want to be awesome, like honest, which isn't awesome. Um, why isn't it? Why isn't she doing this? Can't she see this? Doesn't she see me? Why isn't she more? Why can't she be more like me? Bad. Don't ever think that. It's, it's, it's wrong. It's normal, but it's wrong. And for, you know, for some reason I was hurt, but then it made me get negative. Right. And I remember the Lord speaking to me and just stopping me in my tracks and saying, your negativity is never going to help your marriage. Now, listen, we're not talking about sin. We put that out there. We're not talking about someone struggling with sin that needs to be called out. Okay, so we don't believe that anyone should hurt another person in marriage and that needs to be called out. That's not what we're talking about. Okay, I want to make that clear. What we're talking about is situations where we're different and we need to let go and to honor the other person. And I think in that, what happens is I love to be encouraged. Do you? Even when I know I didn't do it right and someone says it's okay, and again, I'm not talking about sin, but like I I feel appreciated, I want to go through a wall for that person. Do you know that? And can you think of marriages then like that when you're down and maybe things aren't going the way you want and you have a partner to boost you up Instead of tell you everything that you've done wrong, we know. <laughs> we need help. We need to complete one another. Iron sharpens iron. And we are different people. And i going to talk about a bigger principle, but I just want to, I was just worshiping and I thought this. Forget about marriage for a second and just listen to me. What we're trying to do at Northgate, and I don't know if you've noticed this, we're very different people. Uh, we don't carry the title of Pentecostal or Brethren or Baptist or Presbyterian. We don't have a title. And I don't know if you know it, but you might be sitting next to somebody who comes from a totally different church background. But what we're trying to do with the Lord's help is not to have all the same color fish, but to show that Christ is why we're together and is bigger than our personalities, which usually, talking to my friend Mike earlier this week, that our personalities come out. Some are more vibrant, some are more quiet, some are more thinking, some are more feeling. But we are unified in Jesus. And we can lift up someone's strengths and not say, well, they're not like me. And you know, the world watches. Why aren't those Christians getting along? Well, they don't, you know, they have a problem. You don't worship like me. You don't, you don't read the Bible like me. Hey, what do they come in here and see Jesus as the center and all of us working together Even though we're different, we become stronger. Back to point two. Work communication. But not going off to our corner and fussing about it. Not going to my bedroom saying, where's the image? But rather I should be chasing around the house saying, honey, tell me what you think. Here's where I am. Here's where we're different. Here's where you do well. Thank you for doing that. Let's work together. Amen? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, appreciating our differences. Yeah. So we can take this uh, same complain mentality into our relationship with God. We can just look at the nation of Israel. Uh, yeah, they had seen miraculous things, and yet they struggled for a long time in the wilderness of complaining. And, uh, in my house, I used to say, complain brings pain, um, cause, cause it does, cause I was the chief complainer. Um, so, but anyway, yeah, our big picture, the big picture of our relationship, as Dan said, um, yeah, we're all different, but, uh, how do we view God? How do we view God? He's different from us. Way different. And, uh, what do we do, or what do we do, excuse me, what do we want him to be for us? Are we trying to fit God in our box? Or are we letting God be God? And so um, do we add God to our lives for our, our own benefit? These are questions to ask ourselves. Or do we view him as Lord of our life? And he can be that uh, untamed lion that C.S. Lewis tells Tells us about um, our relationship with God cannot be self-focused. He's not a genie in the sky that is bowing to my will and to my wants and desires, or who I want Him to be. But um, it's based. My relationship with Him needs to be based on valuing and appreciating who He is, all aspects of God, His justice and His mercy, His righteousness and His truth, and everything in between. So, First John, what came to my mind was. Uh, Uh, Remembering 1 John 4, where it says, we love him because he first loved us. And if you have nothing to thank him for, you can thank him that he was the one that died for you, that he loved you enough to die for you before he, uh, before you even knew it. So, uh, again, what are, what is my view of God and how does, uh, yeah, do I get stuck in complain mode with him or do I appreciate him, um, and everything that he's done for me and how he's made me? And my spouse. Man, this is good stuff, like,
0: I'm just thinking while she was talking, that's really good, right? Like, amen. Finally, the last one, maybe a little different, but maybe not different. I don't know if you heard, but Song of Songs. Forget about the steamy parts. One thing, they just seem to be having fun. They're bounding over hills, looking at gardens, doing fun stuff. Um, I just hate to say this, but we're way too serious sometimes. You know, we need to relax a little bit and have some fun. Like, obviously, we want to deal with issues and talk about these things, but we really wanted to put this in. Because sometimes we start a relationship and we're, oh yeah, let's go do this and let's go do that. And we're compromising and you like that and I like this. And then we like want to do our own thing and then we're not doing, and then oh, the kids did that and then blah, blah, blah. We just want to have fun together. Amen. Amen.
1: All right. A little story. Um, So there was someone years ago we had uh, just planted the church and one of the first couples that came into our church were uh, Bob and Debbie Cameron. I don't see them here today, but um, they took us out on a few dates uh, just to encourage us. And uh, Debbie used to always tell us. That, uh, we need to go out on dates regularly. And we're like, ah, oh, how do we find a babysitter? And da, da, da. So we had a babysitter.
0: Thank you, Jamie. Thank
1: you. <laughs> yeah. So, but she gave us some parameters. Do not talk about kids. Do not talk about church.
0: There's nothing else to talk yeah, about.
1: And we are like, okay. <laughs> what else do we talk about? Yeah. So that was a great challenge that we needed and still need because 90% of our conversations have to do with our work or our families um if you're married yeah and maybe you don't but this for us yeah the time because the time you get to communicate sometimes can be very brief during the day and so you're like okay how are the kids what's going on here it's more like talking about the things that need communicating instead of just like he said just having fun and appreciating so anyway our uh, she encouraged us to do this so we tried to do it the best the best we could um what we would, uh, but then we began to realize that there was so much more that we could talk about. And uh, so recently, this came to mind, that we recently watched a mini-series called Around the World in 80 Days. And this man in the story was supposed to do this with his uh, future wife, but he didn't in the end. He ends up going on this adventure all around the world, and he circumvents the globe. And this was a long time ago, in uh, in 80 Days. And he, and that just reminded both of us that God has an adventure for our marriage. Yes, it's work. Yes, there's times to talk about serious topics. But, um, yeah, a lot of it is getting creative and making fun a priority in our marriage. And I actually think there's a few couples that I've noticed in this congregation over the years that are really good at this. They just go out on adventures and have fun together. And uh, that's just an important part of marriage that we wanted to bring forth.
0: So the bigger takeaway is a lot of people think about church, religion, Jesus. You can ask the the young people sometimes. Boring. Like, why do I want to do that? Like, they have no fun in life. And you think I'm joking. I'm not joking. I deal with young people a lot. I still teach at the Christian high school, do youth group. But the thing about our relationship with God, if you want to live by faith, there's an adventure set out for you. If you want to live by fear, you're going to be staying home like that guy in a, around the 80 days around the world. The reason he didn't go the first time, he was he was totally afraid. But if we want to live by faith, and I think a lot of our life, we've done a lot of crazy things. We moved our family here with absolutely nothing. There were six kids. We had three more, which is nuts in itself, by the way. We don't necessarily recommend that to anybody. But it was in the adventure of faith that the challenges came. And it wasn't like everything was comfortable. But when you're not comfortable, usually the trust comes and the faith comes. And what we kind of think to dislike is what we look back at as the most amazing memories. you know that? When God says, oh, let's do this or let's go here. oh, But then as you do it together, wow. Even though it's hard because you have to depend on the Lord, you look back and you say, that was amazing. We got lost here, there, (laughs) this, that. (laughs) You know, we did this, that didn't work. We tried this and we laughed about it. Then we got upset, we got happy. But that's the idea of fun, the adventure. For all of us as Christians, there's more than the normal life. That God, wherever you work, whatever you do, whatever your family, He has something amazing for you. But it might stretch you a bit. It might push your fear buttons. But as you step out in faith, an adventure awaits. Can you imagine a church on adventure with people just desiring? I just think that would be a lot of fun to be around. Don't you? Praise God. And we can all do it with contentment in our heart. And you can listen to last week's message. If you think your circumstances stink, we'll leave it to Caleb's teaching and go listen to it. None of this is possible without the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Amen? So you can take all this and it means nothing. You can walk out of here. It means nothing. You can come back next week and not even know what the sermon was about. Do you know that? Because most weeks that's what we do. But if you truly want to invite the Holy Spirit to empower, to control you, you will be able to have these principles a part of your marriage and a part of your life. We need God. Amen? And all of this is in His strength in His power. And this morning, if you've been trying to do it on your own, trying to fix it, it's time to repent. Do you hear me? And turn to the One who wants to empower you to be what you've called to be in your marriage and in life. So we're just going to pray. If you're married, would you stand up this morning? Yeah, I'm going to call you out. If you're married, actively married, yeah, stand up. One of the best things we can do is proclaim a blessing on this. Come on, Lizzie and Christian, stand up. You're close enough. Yeah. Let's give them a pass. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Jesus, marriage was your idea. You said it was good. Yeah, way back in Genesis, it was a good thing. You created woman for man, and we know we need each other. So, Lord Jesus through the power of your Holy Spirit, would you strengthen what needs to be strengthened? And it might be something totally different, but Holy Spirit, would you direct through your Word to each individual in this room how they can follow you, find their strength in you to be a better spouse? Lord, we want to be an example as a church. Of strong marriages and we know it's hard and we know there's spiritual attacks. so we pray against the tricks and the wiles of the devil you are not welcome in any of these marriages we pray for honesty vulnerability we pray for confession we pray for repentance we pray for humility Lord Jesus and if anyone is in this room going through a tough time we know we've been there and we'll go back and you think it's too hard would you know today that that is a lie from the devil that he can strengthen you he can work so Lord Jesus we ask you Holy Spirit do amazing things may this not just be another teaching but maybe one that we apply and even the general principles to everyone else. But Lord, a blessing on these marriages, your favor and your power in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thanks for listening. If you want any information about our church, check us out at NorthgateMinistry.com If you'd like to listen to more teachings, you can listen at YouTube at northgateministry.